Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities. So do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 for three-month plan equivalent to $15 per month required. New subscribers only. Renew for 12 months to lock in savings. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to an Airful podcast, episode 41. We've had a little bit of a break, but we are now back and into the swing of things again. I think we all felt a little burnt out from the horror fest. Horror fest. (laughs) Yeah, they were beefy. Yeah, if you want to see us like slowly decline decline, decline. (laughs) in in, like happiness and well-being. The yeah. Watch part one and then yeah. watch part four. Don't watch and see, see me like, oh god, no more. Yeah, they went on for longer. So if you like horror, it's like a three-hour binging conversation all about horror films. So if you yeah. didn't know about that, have a listen. Um, also, in this episode, if you cannot read, we're joined by Jamie Finch of Anave and Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie podcast. Yep, so in this episode, we talk about Anave's upcoming single, uh, we dive into the music industry and Jamie's very pessimistic views <laughs> against <laughs> a lot of things in there, but it's amusing. And you know what, it's quite interesting as well, among other things. Uh, we dive into conspiracy theories towards the end and you'll see how we got cut off three times, um, which because, adds, the because the government are watching us pigeons, pigeons, <laughs> yeah. We'll talk uh, but, more about that. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. <laughs> and we love the negative sod. Um, if you haven't already, you can watch all previous 40 episodes we've already done on Spotify, on Acast, or whatever other podcasting platform you listen on. If you haven't already as well, you can support us by following us on our socials at An Earful Podcast, and that is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, where you can watch the lovely faces of us all and watch the video versions of us speaking to the guests. Um, But yeah, otherwise than that, enjoy the episode. Enjoy. Let's begin. Let's do it. How are we all doing? Good. All right. Welcome, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, should specify, we are joined by Jamie. Hello. Who we've right. already mentioned in the intro. <laughs> it's a typical <laughs> Jamie. It's typical Jamie. All right. <laughs> all right. For as long as we've known you for new enough, I think it's like seven or eight years now. That's just been your thing. Like, hey, Jamie. Sorry, draw my energy. Hey, <laughs> like, hey yeah. guys, what the <laughs> fuck is up? Yes! <laughs> Let's fucking podcast. Let's go. Oh, no. Is this your open impression yeah. every time that we fucking <laughs> mention you go, oh, Jamie, all right. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> what are we talking about? Don't know. Should we just end it here? Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was episode 41. <laughs> Cheers, guys. <laughs> now, I want to talk that you've got a new single coming out for Anna Yeah, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. Got a new single coming out on the 27th of, what, November? So this uh, Friday. For this Friday, yeah. Um, when's this podcast going out? Monday. 
All right, cool. I'm probably not allowed to say the name of it. Not that it fucking matters, but Becca will tell me off. Um, yeah, got a song coming out. It's our first single that's come out since our debut album that came out last year. So it feels a bit weird. Oh, there he is. Hey, look, look at that. that. Hey. That's got it. Love that. Um, yeah, so um feels a bit weird. Feels good. Feels scary. Um, it's completely unsigned this time. We we haven't we're not putting it out for a label. Um, so it's all kind of new ground. I had to like learn a load of fucking shit that I haven't looked at for years, like how to distribute it and sign up for PRS and give it an ISRC code, all that boring shit. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's coming out. It's happening now. It's too late for me to stop it. <laughs> oh, so of interest then. So this one's not through Wolf at Your Door then. So is it that you're just completely done with Wolf at Your Door, or is it that you're going independent, or is this just one which is done separately? Um, not completely. Like um, we, yeah, the album went out through Wolf at Your Door, um, and uh, we we took a bit of a break after that. And they were super nice to us. Like Leo sat us down and said, like, you know, whatever you guys want to do, any music you want to put out, like, you know, we'll we'll do it with you, and you know, we'll we'll make it all happen and stuff. So that was nice. That was like the start of the year, and then, and then COVID happened, and um, you know, everything went a bit weird. Um, so me and Becca just kind of accidentally wrote a song um that we quite liked uh we've been writing on and off through like through lockdown but this one just kind of just happened um so we just wanted to get it out like just simple you know what i mean just like get it out yeah. not worry about all the label bullshit not worry about like pr stuff like no, nothing wrong with all for your door like you know we they're all right to work with it's fine um and they're really supportive of us um really they're, they're nice guys um but uh, yeah, we just wanted to get something out and just just do it. You know what I mean? Just just put it out there. Um, so yeah, that's why. Cool. That's quite a big trend this year, isn't it? With a lot of bands just doing it all independently and just getting it out there yourself without having to deal with all like the bullshit with labels. Yeah, man. Like it just cuts it out. Like I don't know. I think. I I mean I've been on it. I've been on your podcast before, moaning about labels, isn't it? So I won't go on for too long. <laughs> but like they're basically fucking bank loans. Um, unless they really know what they're doing or, or unless they know way more than you know about what they're doing. Um, and some are great, some are less good and some are fucking assholes. But, um, I just think, you know, it's just a single that we want to put out. Um, we like it. We think our fans will like it. Um, so we kind of just thought, Oh, this is really simple. Let's just keep it simple, you know, and just, and just do it. Um, and yeah, so it's a normal yeah. thing to like put the feelers out there of like, how will this get received? I remember hearing the story. I've probably said this on the podcast like a hundred times or something, but Trent Reznor did it with Nine Inch Nails. He released Ghosts um, yeah. independently because you don't need a record label anymore. No. But, uh, well, especially when you're Trent fucking Reznor. Like, well, yeah. yeah. It's easy. There's <laughs> one thing like this conversation that comes up a lot with like, you know, bigger artists. Just like, yeah, man, I just want to like go it alone. It's like, yeah, it's cool when you've got 100,000 fucking monthly yeah, listeners. Sure. Like, you can just drop a song and people will like it and it does well. You know what I mean? Like for smaller bands, I wouldn't necessarily say this is the way to go. We're too small for this to really pull off, but we know it's just going to go to people that like us and they're going to like it and that's cool. Like, mm. um, so yeah, I think there's a spectrum. Like I wouldn't recommend, you know, going fully independent for everyone because sometimes labels bring stuff to the table that you can't, but it's very much like, I'd say one in 10, one in 10, you know, releases that go through labels needed labels to do it um because a lot of time we've seen it um you know you release something and the label didn't actually bring anything to the table except the money 
Um, you know, because they have their people that will push it to radio or push it to, you know, sync or whatever. Well, that's and if nothing, if nothing comes of that, then you might as well have done it independently, you know, and fronted yeah. the money yourself. Um, but it's not always like that. Yeah, it's they provide something. So the end to that Trent Reznor story is he's traveling the world and goes into a record shop and cannot find his album that's just been released there. So like yeah. the distribution is something that they provide and it's like oh, a yeah. service. So you got to weigh up what works for you, but it's cool that you're changing it up. Yeah, I think it's just, it feels nice and fresh and it kind of just feels like we're just doing it for fun again, uh, which is something that you lose sight of very easily in, the, in this industry. Like it becomes very not fun very quick. Yeah. Um, and we, it just feels really nice and clean. Like we wrote a song, we're going to put it out now. Like, you know what I mean? It's just it's like that's that job done. Back to the music kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah. And it's not going to end up in HMV and it's not going to chart. Um, we're probably not going to make CDs of it. Although saying that, you've just realized I probably should do that. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, that stuff's not going to happen, but it's okay because, you know, 99% of the music, well, especially in Corona time, is all on fucking Spotify and iTunes and that. So yeah. if people like it, then go listen to it. Like, yeah, keep it simple, you know? Speaking of changing it up, I don't know if we're allowed to mention we've heard it, but you've changed up the track with this, haven't you? It's changed up the track. To, to the, the usual stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it feels like the natural progression for us, but then that's because me and Beckham always sort of knew what the progression was going to be from ages ago. Like from years, from when we first started, we knew that we'd eventually turn into like weird, creepy synth. Fucked up, weird stuff, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's different. There's no guitars on it, which is probably the first thing we've released that isn't like a remix um, with no guitars on it. Um, there's no like acoustic drums. Um, so yeah, it's a bit different. It's creepy as fuck. Um, you should just play it in the podcast, man. Just put it on here. I'm just playing it now. <laughs> if, I clap, if I clap my hands, you just put it in it. I hate talking about music. I, like, I, I wish people would just listen to it. You know what I mean? Dude, if you don't want Becca showing to you, I don't want Becca showing to you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a snippet here. If I, I clap mean, my hands, can you put I a mean, <laughs> if you clap your hands, we'll put a snippet of the video here and the uh, audio. That was good. Yeah, it has five to that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not exactly entirely surprised that there's no guitars in this track because I remember a conversation about eight years ago. You going fucking hate playing guitar. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate guitar, man. Guitar is like my most hated instrument. Um, <laughs> it, it sucks. Like, I just think um, you're so you're so stuck in a way with guitar. Like, you're so stuck in like a kind of there's only a, there's only a small variety of sounds you can get from it. And when you have a guitar on a track, that track then becomes that genre. You know what I mean? It's either, it's, it's a flavor of rock with, you know, if you're playing a power chord, then you've got, it becomes a rock track. And I just, I just never liked how kind of limited it was. Um, so as we've kind of progressed, more guitar lines have been replaced with synth lines and, you know, stuff like that. And, and now I don't even play a chord in the whole set. I don't think I just all just single notes and shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I hate it. Which is really weird. I've, I've had a very guitar-y week this week. 
Fender gave us some guitars and I'm like, I've got like, I'm doing a session with this girl, Tally Spear, who's brought a really nice Epiphone round, like a semi-hollow Epiphone. It's, it's at mine now. So I'm surrounded by like really nice guitars this week. So I'm kind of feeling quite positive about guitars, actually. I've changed my tune a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's because I'm in like guitar world. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this, this track's like no guitars on it. Um, it's all simps. It's the first track that's produced by me as well. Um, Pete Miles did some mixing and some additional production stuff to like give it that like anime like flair because no anime track really sounds like anime until Pete's had a mess about with it. Um, but yeah, it's first track produced by me. It's all done in my bedroom, like right there on the on the world's tiniest keyboard, um, which I think is why it's not gone into the rock world because I was like, well, we don't want to go in the studio anytime soon. Lockdown was happening, so it kind of forced me to like write a synthy track. You know what I mean? Yeah. And limitations are good, right? Limitations are good for you. That's 100%. why I like, yeah, that's why I never agree with Matt Pearson owning like every synth on the planet. <laughs> I have like so many options. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think limitations are good. Like I think, I think being like, well, not that I did intentionally, but like, you know, saying, well, you're not going to go to the studio for this. You're not going to be in the same room as Becca for any of this. Now make a track. And this is what came out. Um, I think it's I think it's cool. It's interesting. It's it's something that we wouldn't have done before. It would have been so easy for us to just write another like human or not enough. Like it would have been so easy to just do another guitar track. But I'm kind of fucking bored of it. Don't tell anyone, but I'm kinda of bored of that <laughs> shit now. So so is Becca. Um so yeah. But bands I love always change it up anyway. So like that's what I like about them. It's like that record's good because it happened on that record and not the five records after it. Yeah. That's also the reason why people hate bands, right? Yeah, Some people sure, hate fans changing. changing. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. weird. That's always, that's always bugged me that like if someone releases an album that you don't like and you call them like sellouts or whatever, you say they're shit or, you know, this band's dead to me because they're not singing about like, you know, all the emo stuff that I like. Well, the other fucking albums still exist. That's how it works. Like you don't, they don't bring out a new album and delete the old one. Like just go listen to yeah. the old album and fuck off. Go find some other True. Band. Yeah. It's gruff as a musician. I think that's the, the beautiful thing about music because it's ever changing. The people who've created music already are not going to produce the same thing. Because as we mentioned in the previous conversation we've had this week, it's not fulfilling. Like so wise, mm. you need to have that some sort of thing that that solves what you're looking for rather than what other people are looking for. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, and it's and it's it's the worst when that kind of unfulfillment thing hits you in the middle of an album <laughs> which happened to us like <laughs> at the end of the album was like oh we fucking hate some of these songs man um so by the time they're out you're on to the next thing you know yeah. we there are some songs that we've never played live and becca won't play them so they'll never be played live because she's sort of gone off the song since the album's been released which is just what happens i think um yeah yeah, it's right. not, yeah. We've not even spoke about like your albums out. Last time you were on this podcast, your album no. wasn't even out. I know that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Got an album out, mate. Yeah. Called Forty Five. Go get it. Mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah Matt's got it. Actually, I've already done that. Let me just show the vinyl, and then I'll probably look be a bit more unique. So every time I mention it, I'll bring up a different part of the fucking vinyl. Have <laughs> <laughs> a fucking inserts out in a minute as well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Love it. It looks like a Pokeball. Yeah. It does. I didn't want to say that, but it does. Can't it does look like, yeah, in the in the like mock-ups they gave us, it was meant to be gold and white. And I was like, oh yeah, gold and white. That's fucking sick, man. That's some that's some Jay-Z shit. Gold vinyl, that's what I want. <laughs> and then it came, they're like, hey, hey, how's this? <laughs> it's like orange and white. I was like, oh. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Close enough, I guess. Never mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, Next, you time. Kind of, um, Next time. You can kind of see the progression, though, especially from your last album to the to like obviously this new single that you've coming out. Like it's you can kind of see that transition period though, compared to obviously going back to your older stuff. What was what was one of the first ones you released? Was it into the uh, into the ether? Into the ether was one of the first. Yeah, yeah. man. So if you listen to that and then listen to this new track, it's like fuck. <laughs> it's weird, man. Yeah. It is weird. We we contemplated with. Um, I probably shouldn't say this either, but fuck it. We're doing one of those like live stream gigs. Um, that everyone's doing in Corona times. That's getting announced on Friday as well. Um, and uh, we contemplated for that because it's like a bit special, right? It's you know, yeah. it's, it's a live stream gig during a pandemic and shit. Um, we we contemplated playing some old songs in that, and uh, we listened back to it, and it was just like fucking hell. This is like a different band. I'd have to relearn this shit. I was trying to learn some of our old songs, and I was like, I used to be fucking sick <laughs> of guitar, man. I used to play like <laughs> mental stuff. Yeah, and, uh, I've got no idea how to play them now. I couldn't play. It would be impossible. Um, would you would you consider like maybe like doing a remix of those songs like in the sort of style you're at now and seeing how that went? Maybe I've thought about it. Yeah, me and Becca joke about it sometimes that we want to go and like re-record them or some of them like pick some and like record it now because Becca's voice is like astronomically different now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think because back then when you when you're when you're younger and you're just you're trying to you know you're in a band you just want to be like the loudest and you want to hit the highest notes and you want to play the most complicated guitar parts like you just try so fucking hard. And I think we were both doing that. Like, I think she was, you know, doing her best, like, belty voice. Um, she's got a fucking powerful voice. And she was just going for it. And it's, every song was just like, Aah! like, as high as she could get. But now she's got so much character and, like, nuance and fucking, like, a different kind of power behind her voice. And, like, it's crazy how much better and different she is um, as a singer. So I, I would love to just hear her voice differently, like sing them now. But also they're shit songs. Like they're not that good. <laughs> like we wouldn't like wanna re record them's fine, but like I'd want to rewrite them like and, and, yeah. and not make them crap. But um yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It feels weird. The idea of doing it is odd, but I wouldn't be against it. But we thought we thought about playing some live. We we still might um maybe not at this show, but at, like a future one. Um because it'd be interesting to see. And like the thing is as much as we hate them and want to pretend like they don't exist, they are some of our most streamed songs. Like I think I haven't checked in a while, but I think our like second or third most streamed song is off of our first DP ever, and it's the song we hate the most. Um, but you've got to, you've got to, I, I think anyway. Becca might disagree, but I think you have to kind of honor that a little bit. You know, if if, if a song yeah. has got a million streams, doesn't matter how much you hate it, people like it, so just shut up and play it. Um, so yeah, we've got to find a balance there somewhere. Something that we want to play that people like, but doesn't want to make us like gouge our own eyes out. You know? Yeah, two million <laughs> listens you have on that. Uh, two now. Yeah. That you nice. just mentioned. <laughs> so it's crazy. Crazy curveball. I was just uh, when you mentioned obviously about vocalists like changing over time, all the char- characteristics of the voice changing. Mm. I think a good example of that is John from the Main. If you listen to the first album and then listen to the album that's just come out, it's like a yeah, man. I thought they changed group. singers. I had, yeah. to, I had to Google it. Yeah, yeah. I thought they changed singers because I I like I like both styles, but I was like, oh, this is a new singer, and I read the same guy. Yeah, that's crazy. Envy on the Coast as well. Yeah. Envy on the Coast, one of my favorite fucking bands ever. That my uh, Low Country is probably my favorite album ever, and um, it sounds like four different singers. Like every release they do is just different. It's crazy. The band as well. Like the whole, even the music style changes. Like Low Country is this weird, like swampy blues stuff, and then their, their oldest, their older stuff is like proper emo rock. Um, yeah, they're worth checking out. That's cool. Has the recording process been different? 
because of lockdown for the no, well we haven't been in the studio yeah. <laughs> we did it in our bedrooms me, yeah, me and becca you... haven't haven't written in the same room for like i don't know like four years probably five years maybe longer um so we do everything separately we do everything over splice so splice is splice is two things actually i want to come back to splice because uh, yeah. i've got a funny story so splice is two things one thing it does is um it, you can share projects on there, so like Ableton and Logic projects. So we use that. So we chuck a Logic project on there, and then Becca can download it her end, and it's you know whatever, and record her vocals. So we've done it all like that. So we've actually not even been in contact this whole time, and the song's done. Um, I, I produced it to a level that I was okay with, and Becca records the vocals, and then when we sent it to Pete Miles to be like, we want to come to the studio and do this. Um, he basically was like, it already sounds good and he's just going to like do some tweaks. And yeah, so all of Becca's, I think all of Becca's vocals are done in, the, in her bedroom. Most of them are. Um, all the sounds are made in my bedroom and then it was all mixed in Pete's thing. So it's proper like weird. It's like a proper 2020, you know, production because <laughs> mm-hmm. no one fucking came close to each other. It's probably yeah, social distance production. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crazy. Think, think of like the usual... Um recording scenario where it's everyone in a room and it's like meant to be a creative environment or half of them have just nicked someone gone watching the telly or whatever it goes to the point where it's like everyone's in completely separate locations nowhere near each other yeah man and that you still ended up with something that sounds amazing but yet no one's had contact it's just crazy Uh, yeah i've never had that like creative process in the studio thing but then i am a bit weird because we're a two-piece and the reason we're a two-piece is because i don't like playing with others like so (laughs) i've I've never had that, like, let's all sit in a room and write some shit. Well, I've, we've done it. Like, we, well, I mean, you, anyone that follows us knows the fucking story of, like, having to go to America and, like, write with all these people in rooms and stuff. And then we hated it. Like, fucking hated it. Um, so we've never had that. We've always been quite solitary. And, like, we, Becca and I would normally like to go away and write stuff and then come back in. I think just because we don't want to hear other people's ideas. Uh, <laughs> which is probably not the best way to be. But, um, yeah. But if that's what works for you, then that's what works for It works you. for us, yeah. It works for us. I think that's, more people are going like that. With, with how good technology is now and, and things sample libraries like Splice, I think there's there's a lot more solitary writing going on. Um and you know, with technology being a thing, you know, like simps, I don't want fucking someone sitting there watching me write simps because they sound crap right up until they're finished. Like yeah. and you don't want anyone to hear that. So yeah. I think yeah, writing is becoming more of a solitary thing. I think with it being like such a um a synthy track anyway it just makes sense for you to do it in your room becca's vocals sound good recorded in her room because you take that to a studio even if you had like the fanciest fucking you know analog synths it's the specific one you used on your computer that works well so yeah i mean we've done both like the synths on the album are probably probably 50 50 like my digital synths and pete miles's analog stuff uh so i find i see the benefit in both but i do find that with when using analog stuff you tend to settle a bit quicker i think because like i don't know maybe just because you're in the same room as people and you're on the clock and you're in the studio and you just kind of do something it sounds good you put it in and i'm still happy with it but like i think the digital stuff you really can hone in on it yeah and there's there's nothing like you know spending a spending a day on an 808 sound and then getting it perfect and then you wake up the next day and it sounds like shit uh oh, you know every, and you have to completely make <laughs> yeah yeah you have to delete it and then start again but like it's you know it's part of it i don't know i think it's two different it's two different beasts and i'm more used to working on my own because we're a two-piece so yeah sorry that way um but yeah i'm glad we had pete miles involved because i don't i would never trust myself to put anything out without him 
he's basically the third member of anime so i need i need him to like at least look at it <laughs> at least tell me that it's okay because yeah he's he needs to be involved but um that comes from like years of working with him and you know a lot of um there's a lot of arguments in that time as well and like you know he, he's hated me for a lot of it i think <laughs> but um <laughs> you build up that like trust i think and i don't trust anyone else to to touch an anime song um than pete now um but that's yeah that's important i think sorry i'm rambling a bit aren't i no it's all part of a podcast <laughs> can i go back to splice i've got a story for you go on go for it. right so the, the second thing that splice do uh it's a sample library right it's a fucking sick sample libraries anyone who's used sample libraries before in the past they um they you basically you buy like oh buy a snare pack and it's like 60 quid you get 4,000 snares and you use two of them like that's generally how sample packs used to work and splice is like this sick um browser based thing they've got an app as well where you just type in you can search for samples so you should be like oh, i want like a you know a clap and then it'll come up with 400 claps and you can change like the tempo and the key and stuff it's well good and I was one of the like early adopters on it. This was years ago, and they sent out emails for like beta testers and gave us a bunch of credits and stuff. And I fell in love with it, like absolutely fucking loved it. And there's a few other people in the industry using it as well. Um, that like around that time, especially rock bands, which I probably I probably can't mention, but like there was there was a band that we were around when this happened, and um, another band. So there's two English rock bands, and another band had just released their album with their new single, and. Um, they had a splice sample in it. And then this other band were like, shit, we've used the same sample in our song. We have to go and finish it, like go change it. So like the, the problem with splice is like, you have all these samples and basically if you spend a credit, I think it's like one credit per sample, which is the equivalent of something stupid, like a penny. Yes. Um, you have that sample, you have all the rights, you can use it however you want commercially. There's no like, you know, PRS stuff with it. Um, so it's a bit of a shotgun, you know, approach, I think for people that make samples, they just chuck all their samples on this site and, you know, they get a very small amount of money, but because so many people are using it and they only, and they only have to buy one sample at a time, not like entire packs. Um, they, they make a bit of money that way, but then it does mean that like, you know, people that are going for similar sounds are all using the same samples. So that was, those two bands had to like quickly, like one of them had to quickly change their sample. We released not enough. And I use a sample in the intro of that. So it's like a really like distinctive synth sample, right? Um, and how much audio are you cutting in on this? Because I could just like be like, play it here. <laughs> here it is. Good for the audio only version. Uh, we've had right. a copyright strike from our video. Uh, stuff, so yeah, on YouTube, yeah. Laura will probably be on us for that. But All right, fine. I'll, I'll right. put it in the audio version. Okay, fine. Well, basically our one sounds like this. Sick sample, really cool, really clean, love it. We del- we released a song, and it's one of our lead singles off the album. And then loads of people started sending us other songs that they've heard it in. And it's like there was like some metal band that like had it in like a middle eight, and it was like buried under like a filter and shit. You couldn't really hear. It. I was like, oh, that's cool. Heard some other like grime artists that had it. I was like, oh, that's sick. Like not that it was never like upfront. Like because with our song, it's like this is the thing. Um, and fucking, uh, I want to stay. Hang on, make sure, let me make sure I get the band name right because I got it wrong the other day. Hold on. While you're doing that, we should mention that in Splice, it's not just like here's a sample of a chord. 
there's sometimes like full melody lines, full oh, yeah. music compositions stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We yeah, yeah. are sponsored by Splice. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, I fucking love Splice, man. Splice awesome. Yeah, it's cool. It's real sick. Um, yeah, there's there's like there's if you have a look through Splice in the first two hours of you browsing through samples, you'll spot some very famous songs. Like I won't say it here, but there are some bands that have just used the sample as like their chorus sample. It's hilarious. They haven't even changed the tempo or the key. We're definitely guilty <laughs> of it as well, but like these are like arena sized bands that have done this. No um, yeah, Friendly Fires released a track the other day uh called uh i can't remember Dave, it doesn't matter friendly fires um was it friendly fire a minute i need to 100 get this right sorry because i'm calling someone out fickle friends like I was gonna it was fickle say. friends fickle friends released a track called 92 and their chorus is the exact same sample as we that we used in our chorus and there's nothing like wrong with it such so the way splice works is completely cool to do that um because you own the rights to it and like you know obviously our band's tiny and their band's their band's massive so they never would have like heard the sample or anything but i just think it's brilliant um and I, it, it's like as heartbreaking as it is funny because you're like because oh, <laughs> no, at first i'm like oh i'm like that's my song like, that's my chord. and you're like no fucking ain't i just bought the sample and just laid some chords over it like it's not my fucking song at all i've got no ownership over this so yeah it's really interesting but Anyone looking to make music, I always tell you to go to Splice because you can just get really fucking good sounding samples real quick. And if you t- if you go on Splice and type in song starters as well, there's like a thousand ideas that will just trigger a song in your head and you write it like that. Like I've done it so many times. Yeah, that's where I go if like I can't think of ideas. It's just open Splice yeah. and have a browse because the algorithm's really good. It'll suggest shit to you that you've already liked already as well. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. It's even easier because I was mentioning to you the other day they've got an app on your desktop where you can audition the sample in whatever key you want before you use it. Yeah. So it's really cool. See what fits. It's great. If anyone uses Apple loops, it'll work like that basically, but better because they're actually good samples. Yeah. Don't be disrespecting Apple loops. Sorry. (laughs) Apart from that umbrella drum beat, they've got fuck all. Thank you. Right, should we get on to, uh, should we talk about your podcast for a bit, Jamie, since uh, you wasn't doing the podcast, was your last time you was on? Uh, I think I was about to, since, yeah. I don't think I've done it yet, yeah. I'll keep it brief because it's got enough, it's got no crossover with what you talk about on here. Music and horror, it's, got, yeah. it's like the opposite <laughs> of that. If yeah, people are well, a fan of you, they, they might not know that you have a podcast. <laughs> They're fucking better, that's all do. I talk about, yeah. that's all I talk about on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I've got a podcast about sex. Um the long <laughs> the long story short of it is um i met someone years ago who i'm quite vanilla and like not uh massively sexual um and i met someone years ago who was my like, big into like the kink scene and was like going to like sex parties and you know orgies and stuff like that and she told me those stories about it and i thought it was really interesting and funny and it was and i knew about all that stuff anyway but like when you hear it from a friend it kind of sounds a bit more interesting and like opens your mind a little bit um so we did that classic thing that you guys have done which is like let's make a podcast yay uh and <laughs> that's how i view me as well mate yeah, it's how i view okay. everyone that does podcasts yeah everybody's had that moment when they're like oh my god we should make a podcast and um and uh yeah she she ended up getting a job as someone really important so she couldn't do it anymore um so i did it on my own um, and basically it's just, I just talk to really interesting people about sex and like their kinks and the funny things they get up to. And it's, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. And there's really funny people on there, um, with awesome stories, um, and really interesting stories as well. So yeah, it's about sex, but 
if the idea of listening to a podcast about sex is uncomfortable for you, that means it's for you. You should go listen to it. Like <laughs> the good, whole point is it's like it? moving. Yeah, quite so like what's, that. Came what's, up uh, what's, what's one of the most interesting or funny stories you've maybe heard from it, just to give people a taster? Um, so I don't know it's hard to pick I'd say there's one girl who I love she's my favourite guest her name's Sarah and um, she is really into Matt's nodding yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) you should let the listener know I edit Jamie's podcast and the stories I get exposed to (laughs) I'm also very vanilla but Sarah is my favourite guest on Jamie's podcast yeah man so sick Sarah's amazing. So Sarah's into, um, I guess she would call it sadistic degradation. So she's a, she's a sub and she likes being degraded um, in sexual ways. Uh, well, and non-sexual ways, to be fair. But um, the stories that I tend to get out of her are the sexual ones. Um, favorite story with her? Probably she, she found this porn director that she really liked online. And uh, he invited her. <laughs> yeah. in her. He, invited, <laughs> he invited her to New York to like go hang out, and she went there, and it turned into a kind of like. So he was into like he was making really interesting porn. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say, just leave it there. Probably it was, it was very graphic and very like yeah I don't know. It was very uh, unique. Uh, so he's got some interesting tastes. Anyway, she went there, and long story short, she ended up in a massive hamster cage that he built to the human size. Um, <laughs> What? And had like a um, a hamster feeder thing that was like also human size on the side of the cage, and um, she was like drinking from it, and then he like pissed in it, and then he went to the freezer and got like a Tupperware out that had loads of like I don't know how much this I'm allowed to say on your podcast. <laughs> mate, <laughs> you can go on, mate. Go, All right, fine. <laughs> he went to the freezer and got a, a t- bit of Tupperware with like sixty. I say like sixty with exactly sixty loads of cum in it. Uh, and like put that into the hamster feeder and she had to like eat that uh, drink that and stuff and she fucking loved it she, the way she tells these stories right. is so funny like it sounds awful it sounds like torture she's um, an incredible storyteller yeah she's brilliant and when she talks her eyes light up and it's hilarious like it's so good <laughs> the funny thing as well all of her stories that's just one of like eight that she's given me but all of her stories are, you know involve her being like degraded and put in like you know in situations that might make you feel like quite low or you know whatever and uh, she's the most empowered woman I've ever met in my life. Like she, the way she talks about it, she's so strong and like, she's just so strong willed and like happy about it. She completely owns that. She likes this thing. Um, it's brilliant. So yeah, you need to listen to her. Um, and it's also like, you know, it's not always that heavy. Sometimes we tell funny stories about, uh, when a girl got fucked in the ass and shat all over her boyfriend and a bit of it got in his beard. <laughs> That's also good. <laughs> there's also serious Um, stuff on there as well like we talk about like um someone came on and talked about you know when they were raped and uh how they kind of um got back their sexuality after that happened um over the years and stuff and how you know how that's a process and i talk about my experience with sex addiction as well um i get my counselor on for an episode uh to talk about (laughs) to talk about it and stuff which is i mean i do a lot of I put a lot of my personal life onto the internet, right? I'm in a band, like I'm just craving attention. But that was that was a, that was pushing it for me. Like getting my counselor on a podcast, yeah, um, that's, that's another level. That yeah, that was a bit too far. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's good. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do worse. Yeah, yeah I've yeah, crossed. I, think, I crossed the line. <laughs> I think I mentioned it to you already, Jamie. But I think you've got to do that to be a podcaster. And you you mentioned the other day, like getting people on to tell their own personal stories, and you not talk about your own. Yeah. 
it's 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 weird. It's fraudulent. I think I definitely felt that way because leading up to the release of it, I was going to release it without doing without talking about sex addiction and just sort of leaving that as like a personal thing. Then I realised that's really wrong of me because I'm getting people on to talk about their personal stuff and we're talking about really you know important sensitive issues and stuff and I'm leaving mine out of it. It's, it's I'm a fraud. Right? I can't have a sex podcast and not talk about the fact that I've just had I think at that point eighteen months of addiction counselling. So um, yeah, I, I had to do that. Um, and yeah, I think, I guess that's what podcasts are, right? I never really think about the, like the art of podcasts until you bring it up, Matt, but like, I guess that's yeah. what they are. It's like, you're, it's, a, it's like more than a radio show. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's, you know, it's people's experiences and they come and listen. They want to listen to the people and their opinions and experiences and shit. Yeah. Whenever I think of like my favorite podcasts, I've, you feel like, you know, the person because you're like being a fly on the wall of these conversations. Mm. So you feel like, you know, everyone you get the yeah. mannerisms and stuff like that. Yeah. You should yeah, do by episode 41 listeners, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> they should at least know which one's Matt and which one's Matt. Exactly. Yeah. Which Matt is Matt and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's our podcast. You should go check it out. It's called let's talk about sex, Jamie. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of podcasts. I think this is the whole point of that. It's meant to create, conversation that you meant to have this expanded thing which isn't just like an interview it's meant to be this personal discussion rather than just being a copy and paste of what they've said previously i think that's the good thing about having like this podcast in yours i think it just gives the creativity and the freedom just to kind of expand and discuss whatever yeah definitely that was definitely a a pushing factor for me to do it because when i was thinking about it i was i was like well I'm in a band and the world doesn't need a fucking another band. So the world definitely doesn't need a fucking podcast. So I won't do that. That's not going to happen. So I looked into other podcasts that, well, that I wanted to hear and all the podcasts that was covering sex at that point all felt really like interview like and they had yeah. questions lined up and it was all very scripted and I don't know, it was weird. Um, I didn't like it. Um, so I was like, no, I want to make something that's just conversational like you say. And, you know, nowadays there's there's loads of like sex podcasts that are really conversational and, um, yeah. So I don't mean it's, it's what podcasts bring, right? They bring the conversation rather than a, yeah, like you say, an interview. Well, that, that was the goal from the get go on it. Well, like as soon as we started wanting to get guests on, we was like, we want to steer away from that. The typical like interview questions and the sort of process that like a, probably a 10 minute interview would go like, and uh, just just dive deeper into like the the person that like, we were speaking to. Um, I know some of them times we've we've not had a full opportunity to maybe go that deep. So, you know, for example, we've been going to like venues, speaking to the artists or whatever. Yeah. But during like these times, we're obviously COVID at the moment, where we can get them in a moment where they're probably not doing much else, and we can sit here for like a good like an hour and a half or two hours and just like talk about not just say if the musician let's not talk just about your music let's talk about your life what you're into and that's why we do the segments like uh, like what's your favorite scary movie or like things that yeah. piss you off because those lead to different topics of conversation that you probably wouldn't have heard from that person before so yeah it's it's yeah. kind of cool and i've enjoyed doing it myself just listening to those different like Stories and things and stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. For that, well, I didn't you know what episode did. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasts are shit, mate. Well, I think uh, with your podcast, Jamie, sex, like the subject of sex, isn't spoken about between guys. Definitely. Uh, yeah. If at all. Mm. So it's a yeah. very it's a very t- taboo thing in it, really. Yeah. And not many people would um, it's probably go out go out of the way to be. talk about it. Yeah. 
people don't talk about sex enough guys don't talk about sex enough yeah and the okay. thing i've i've learned from like doing this podcast is that it's really easy to find girls that really want to talk about sex and all their you know their things and the things that they discover and the things that they're into and all that stuff trying to convince guys to do it's fucking impossible man it's so hard to get guys on um I've, I've reached out to so many and they just like blank you um or they change their mind or they ghost you or something like yeah it's really hard to get guys talking about sex and we we need to more i think because um yeah i just think i just think it's good it's healthy isn't it? it's good for you at least the yeah. best sex yeah well that's the aim isn't it like it's because people feel vulnerable when they're honest and open about something, especially about sex. So especially like we were talking the other day, the man persona of I'm overflowing with testosterone. I don't need to talk about that shit, you know? So, but that's the kind of thing you're trying to break down. So everyone should go listen to let's talk about sex, Jamie, Do especially it. if you think you shouldn't. Yeah. If you, if it makes you uncomfortable, it's made for you. Yeah. Can we talk about the video? for your single yes that's coming out a bit of a switch up hell from the... let's call it hell fuck oh. it for hell oh. it's fine I'm no one cares <laughs> <laughs> it's called cunt a <laughs> new single cunt gonna get you cancelled mate I know it oh I'm gonna make a band I'm gonna start a side band and call it cunt yeah why not just splice samples the whole way through <laughs> I mean, I mean, if anal cunt can get away with it, then you can. Exactly right. Yeah. Why not? Uh, you want to talk about the video? Let's talk about the video. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the original plan was to get the song out for Halloween. How'd that go? Fucking terribly because uh, <laughs> I've released. I've not released a song on my own in years. Um, so when I went to do it, like do the shit that all these, the label people that I bitch about, when I went to go do their jobs, <laughs> I realized <laughs> how hard it was. Uh, and, um, that it's quite a lot of work. So I, I ended up doing it, but, um, you, you have to leave like a bunch of lead up time. So it didn't come out for Halloween. Um, but we made a Halloweeny video for it. So if you just like forget that it's not Halloween on the 27th and just pretend like people have still got the Halloween decorations up, right? You've probably got a moldy pumpkin somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so it's quite Halloweeny. But basically, um, Becca and I have been like really into sort of listening. We've listened to like a lot of grime, um, a lot of like hip hop stuff as well. And there's there's a lot of people that do that and are fucking sick of it. That are like from an area around us. Um, so we was like, yeah, it'd probably be kind of cool to like do a to shoot a video in our area. Um, so it's all in Greenwich. It's all shot around Greenwich. Um, best part of London, by the way completely unbiased but you should go to Greenwich if you come to London you're not going to Greenwich you're doing it wrong um, so yeah we've got a guy dressed up as the Grim Reaper riding a, on a bike around Greenwich that's basically <laughs> it um, yeah because we sort of felt like we should be shouting about where we're from a bit more because fucking all the grime artists are doing it they're all you know yeah, you all know you know exactly know. where they're from um, we should be because yeah we like it so in terms of the actual recording of the video then like all the people who were near the guy dressed as the grim reaper were they kind of just like what the fuck or were they kind of like we're shooting a video yeah i wasn't there again a social distancing dream i, I didn't go to the shoot this first video shoot i've not been to um becca was there but yeah i assume so like yeah but it's, it's greenwich there's there's people doing weird shit all the time it's quite a creative place there's a lot of universities around there so i guess people just like oh another like student project um, and we shot it like the week before Halloween. So I think it made perfect sense. 
in the video, there's no one's really looking at him. <laughs> I think no. just he's well, just chilling yeah. on a bike and like he does some like he throws some shapes and stuff and yeah, no one really seems to care. So um yeah. I was really hoping it was you, like for the whole part of him doing like the yoga. I was like, please be Finch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he started dancing, I thought it was Becca. I was like, that looks like Becca's dance moves. That's so weird. But I think I'm just used to seeing Becca in like long drapey black robes. That's what she wears on her, on her regs anyway. So like <laughs> Um, yeah, it's no, it's neither of us or both of us. Who knows? We like to sneak ourselves in video sometimes. I think it was the all or nothing video. Um, I could just say enough. Okay, Becca was the main character in that in the all or nothing video, and she's got like her face covered the whole time. And we were like, let's never tell anyone that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we like to do a bit. So much shit <laughs> on this podcast. Know, it's yeah, fine, it's a long know. time ago now. <laughs> Becca's got a Becca's got a Patreon now, and she put up one of um, our old demos on there without asking me. Uh, and the idea of someone hearing a song like not like not mixed properly hurts my soul. Um, so uh, yeah, fuck it, I'm spinning all the beans now. This is Get back. <laughs> retribution. Yeah. I like it. What was uh, the reason for the video? Like just a fun video to en- enjoy because it is a, a funny. I see it as a funny video that makes me laugh yeah. and I enjoy it alongside of it. Yeah, we we always took videos so seriously back in the day. Like we spent so much money on videos and like proper like film locations and like all you know all the budget we get dancers in and shit. Like we proper went for it, and that was back in the day when we started. Like what fucking nine years ago, eight years ago, we had um we had a Vivo back when Vivos were cool and had a point. Uh, where, you know, if you had a good video, it'd get put on the sidebar of like Fallout Boy's new track and, you know, Paramore's new track, which we got a few times and our videos did really well for it. Um, but that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, Vivo's dying a death. So um, we've, we're just sort of like, let's not, let's not fucking waste loads of money and time and effort on a video. Let's just do something fun and cool that just, you know, supports the song. Um, and the video's got the lyrics on it as well, you know, which are always good. Just like help people really hear what we're saying. Um, with the track it, you know it doesn't have to be too flashy so yeah it's like it's a stripped back video that was like cost next to nothing to make um, and Toby who shot it did an amazing job of it um, and edited it like the day he shot it and it was basically ready in a couple of days which was awesome you don't see that anymore with videographers he's fucking amazing um, and uh, yeah so we decided to do something yeah a bit more stripped back um, because I think videos are less relevant these days. You know, it used to be if you had a good video, you got more people listening to your songs, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Spotify is too good. Spotify and Apple Music are too good. You know, people are just listening to music on there. They're not, they're not scrolling for YouTube as much as they used to be. And also, you know, like Kerrang and Scuzz and all that on TV, it's not really a thing anymore. Um, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. That's my soul that there's only one rock channel left yeah. on yeah. there, Scuzz. Scuzz was the best one as well. Yeah, Scuzz was good, man. We were getting played on Scuzz right up till the end, like fucking yeah. legends. They were playing lots of like, you know, small bands and unsigned shit. And Well, they did that, especially they did like a midnight sort of show as well where they had loads of unsigned bands on. Yeah, exactly. Those people, but, yeah. Mate, maybe that's why they went under. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Loads of shit bands. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, got, uh, I've got something real controversial to say, okay? I know go. I'm dragging on a bit now. I will keep this short. Um, right, here's a, here's a theory, right? So... Corona, right? It's killed the live scene. Yeah. There's not been any gigs all year. Uh, and loads of venues are going out of business, right? What about if I suggested that small venues going out of business was a good thing for the music industry, right? Now, hear me out, okay? So, 
people are always like trying to keep these small venues open. Yeah. There's always like fundraisers for them and stuff and fucking shitloads of them would have gone under now because of, um, you know, lockdown they've all gone bankrupt and stuff, which is really shit. People have lost their jobs. That is shit. Um, but the reason they're fucking struggling is because they haven't got any money because when Corona wasn't a thing, no one was going to gigs. Like people don't go to gigs anymore. Right. Um, we played a show in Corby, uh, next to the Weetabix factory like five years ago and it was fucking sick and it was packed and there was so many people there. It was, I don't even know. It was like, where was it? Zombie hut, zombie hut in Corby. It's weird. That I remember that. But yeah. Um, and it was fucking rammed. And when we were chatting to people afterwards, like barely anyone knew the bands. Like it was just a small tour that had no right selling any tickets. Like no one knew us. No one knew the other bands that were playing. And they just said that they came because the only two options were going to a nightclub that played like, you know, chart stuff. Um, or coming to a rock show. And this was the rock show that was on that week. So they all came and they just didn't give a fuck who we were. Like they just listened and, you know, some of them bought merch. That was sick. That's how live shows should be, right? But that's only happened like a handful of times in all the times I've been touring and playing shows. Um, so what if like there were less small venues and that would also mean there were less small bands playing shows? I'm including myself in that as well. Like I wouldn't be able to play shows because, you know, say like the smallest venue you could play in London was Barfly or Camden Assembly, it's called now. Um, what would that do to the scene? You know, I think, I think it would make gigs a bit more special if there wasn't like every pub on the corner was playing, you know, every band, if it was like, there was like, here's the rock night of the week and there's like good bands are playing it, um, that, you know, actually are going to sound sick and it's going to be a good show. Do you not think that'd be better for the industry? So you're saying like higher level venues should be the, the entry. So it's even harder to play a show at those venues. Yeah. So you're setting the bar higher, but yet the market's so oversaturated with bullshit because everyone starts a band. Well, yeah, that's the thing. There's too many fucking bands and I'm including myself in that. Like, Just go on Spotify. They get like a million. Yeah. Anna Faye had no right playing half the shows we played because (laughs) our our audience was always like, we did really well on YouTube back in the day, right? So YouTube was obviously the internet. So our fan base grew quite quickly, but it was all online. It was like worldwide rather than one city. So we had so many fucking problems. Like when we get approached by massive agents that were like, okay, cool. We, we want to put you on a show here. Like how many tickets do you think you could sell? And we're like, I don't know, 30, like in London, our hometown. Um, because our fans, we didn't have any fans in London. Like we had the people that liked our music <laughs> were all from all over from, there was all from the fucking Philippines and Brazil in the early days. Um, until we made an anti-Christian song and then, uh, we lost a load of Brazilian fans. Our Brazilian <laughs> stats on Facebook took a fucking die. That was a bad idea. But yeah. Um, like I think that, we shouldn't be, have been allowed to play some shows because you're, you know, I just don't like the idea of like small bands complaining like, oh, we're playing this show. We're not getting paid. Well, you're not getting paid because you haven't sold any tickets and you're not selling any tickets because no one wants to come to like their eighth friend who's in a band's show, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. What if some bands like, I, I feel like new bands at start, you know, they, there's a lot of complaining about, oh, we can't get on these shows. Like no one will book us. No one will have us. Let us, let us open for them sad thing is like it's a fucking business and even like big bands that can come over here from the states and you know they're in a thousand cat venues if they can sell 800 tickets they need an opener that can sell the other 200 they can't just pick a small band who've done nothing um you know and get them on and we've been on tours like that when we had no right to be like we shouldn't you know we've played tours where we've sold like 10 tickets for the whole (laughs) tour and you know we were we were they were probably expecting us to do more because our like online numbers are so good you know We've always had good online numbers, like our streaming numbers and our Facebook fans, Twitters and all that shit. Twitters. <laughs> it's not like a fucking 60 year old. Our Twitter followers. But like, we can't sell tickets. 
uh, in the UK. You know, we struggle. Um, so yeah, I think that like less small bands being able to play shows and less small venues might mean that gigs feel a bit more like a thing that people should fucking go to. You know what I mean? I'd be really interested to see how it changes after lockdown. Like once, once gigs are back on, are people going to be like, Oh, I fucking miss this. Let's go to gigs. You know, am I going to, am I going to go to another gig from a sick band that I know going and play somewhere in like Finsbury park in a venue that's like a hundred cap and they're playing to 25 people. Is that going to happen again? Or are people going to really appreciate this year and a bit of no live shows they're going to have um, so, and start going out again? You know, I kind of agree. Cause it might inspire like the DIY aspect of it a bit more people to put on a rock night or a grime night, as we were just talking about rent yeah. out a fucking venue. Therefore you've got someone making themselves a promoter straight away, putting on a bunch of bands. They like yeah. sort of build of under an underground scene a bit more. It might be yeah. a good thing. Yeah, definitely. So why, what you're suggesting in a way is that like obviously if it came to it, like sort of, condense those music venues into one where you have certain bands that they get on play and say if they had to apply for the show if they were jumping on a support slot and that way obviously the bands can build up their own base themselves through maybe like marketing themselves or actually re- recording getting that whole sort of like backing behind themselves and then getting uh, if obviously if they're worthy of it or whatever getting that support slot on that that specific rock night and then like kind of like going from those. Is that well, I think like mean? sort of, yeah. I, I, but this whole like marketing yourself thing and like, you know, working the live, working the live scene, you know, in quotation marks, like yeah. what the fuck is that doing? Like what? Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. When people like Corby, right. If every gig was like that Corby gig, I said, where you go and play somewhere fucking random, arsehole or nowhere. Um, and 200 people show up that have never even heard of you and you play to them and you convert a hundred of them to be your fans and to come to the next show next time you're in town, that is marketing yourself. But when the fuck does that happen? Like, unless you're on a support tour, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what band, I think bands obsessed with wanting to play live and building up a fan base, building up a fan base. Don't fucking happen at a gig. Cause like you're doing what eight hours of rehearsal, you lose a day of work five hours in the evening to sound check, play a show, pack up your shit, go home, miserable day. Well, not miserable. Like, fuck it. I'm being really too pessimistic. Like playing shows is fun as fuck, right? <laughs> play a show, have a laugh, get drunk, whatever. Um, or, you know, spend that time fucking writing music and putting it out on Spotify. Spotify and Spotify playlists have done more for us anyway than any fucking show has. We just played Alexandra Palace in like fucking, when was it? December last year. So like, I don't even know how many people. 800 900 however fucking many um i didn't see the needle move at all on any of our socials and that was that was supporting death of anna who i would say are like bang in the middle of like why well, in fact I, I literally said that because they're on they're on um uh, the label that we're connected to on our old label and i literally said i want to play with death of anna because that's the sound i want to be with like it's like cool rock cool yeah. synth rock like their sound is like that's their world i want to be in get me a show with Death of Anna. And then we were chucked on the, like a, a small run that they did and ended up playing Lions on the Palace with them. But the fucking socials didn't move at all. Like, you know, that wasn't my, if you can't do, and maybe we were shit, maybe we were shit and like no one likes us. <laughs> that, that is also an option. But like, I feel like, um, you know, some, something should come out of that. Refresh but then friend. the flip side is we got really fucking lucky and released mm. a song on Spotify and pitched to uh, playlisting on Spotify 
got on a really big playlist and that did so fucking much for us. Like all the numbers on all the socials went up. We made a shit ton of money from it. Like, um, and that was just, we wrote a semi-decent song. It's not even one of our best, like it's fine. Um, and got really fucking lucky and got it on a playlist. Um, that feels like time more well spent and that will sell tickets. Like that will sell more tickets than like, you know, going on a tour. We went on, on different, you know, bigger tours where, it was like a good demographic that, you know, the kind of people that would hear a new band and be like, I'm going to come to their show. And even still, it hasn't really converted to ticket sales. And again, maybe we're not that good. Maybe we're not converting, but like really good bands will do better if they play live, you know, and they fucking, you know, show a whole room that they're fucking awesome and you should be their fans. Like there is that. But like, um, yeah, I just think bands obsess with this whole like marketing themselves at gigs thing a little bit too much. It's part of the process, but there's other things you can be doing as well. Like, write a good fucking song yeah. is number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see your point, though. Uh, I do want to mention about Spotify playlists. Have we all heard what Spotify are going to do? I've probably mentioned it to one or two of you. You told me, and it terrified me. Yeah. I think so I saw this the other day. Like, when when you yeah. put submit a song to Spotify, you're eventually going to get two options. So you get paid 0.003 pence a stream. Or if you'd like an opportunity to be playlisted and, you know, have a higher percentage percentage of getting playlisted, unfortunately, your royalty will be 0.001 pence. Uh, but you might get playlisted, Lun. <laughs> but the issue with that is everyone wants to get playlisted. Yeah, so it's just Spotify's to. way of making pence on every I stream Honestly, I <laughs> against the artist. That's oh, they're just so powerful, yeah. Mad. That's they're so powerful because they've got the playlisting power now. It's they're more powerful than the radio now. Yeah, the gatekeepers. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. Well, they run radio shows now. Like um, Alison Hagendorf's got her own rock show now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How many people now listen to you know New Music Friday or All New Rock? Like instead of listening to the radio, back in the day, you listen to the chart show to find out what the new shit was. You know. Um, yeah, they're more powerful yeah. than the radio, so they can do that. The, yeah, the, the awkward thing is like. That that doesn't say to me, take a cut and you might get playlisted. It yeah, says take a cut or you won't get playlisted and yeah. you'll keep your higher cut. Because exactly. that they're only going to playlist people that Basically. do the not one, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, people people have a lot of hate reserved for Spotify because of this like zero point zero three um, number that goes round. Yeah, it goes it gets thrown around, which is not that much. I agree, but they are super fucking powerful. And when something works, like when something gets playlisted and you get the, you know, plays in the millions, that, that number, you know, it adds up, it converts and they're not, they, they can't be making too much money from it. Cause how much are they? Um, you know, what's the, what's the membership on Spotify now? 20 pound a month. How much music you're listening to there? You know, it's like, it's all got to be split between every artist, every song. And you know, for a 25 pound a month membership for the, however many, you know, million users they got. Um, it's not a lot, you know, it's spread quite fucking thin. So yeah. this like the hate people have for the Nort 3, I think it, you got to remember that it's a platform that didn't exist before. So yeah, it's not a lot of money, but it's a fucking lot of people that wouldn't have heard your music otherwise, especially if you get playlisted. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not slagging off Spotify. I, I now use it for everything. Like I yeah. used to use yeah. like the Apple dedicated podcasting thing, but then Joe Rogan came to Spotify and now I'm like, well, that's that's all the podcasts I listen to are on this now. So yeah, yeah. What, why bother? But he got he got a lot of money for that as well. Yeah, that was a crazy oh, yeah, deal. Um, Ooh, but what yeah. annoys me is the shit on Spotify, like hair dryer sounds for twenty five hours that I get in 
two million plays. And meanwhile, over here, actual artists are sat there struggling to make a penny. It's crazy. Like it is a sign of the times because, like, obviously, back say if you reverse like thirty years or even twenty years, like radio was the biggest thing to get on. Yeah, like everyone was trying to like everyone was thriving off being on radio, music videos, obviously on like MTV, like record sales. Everyone was playing live shows. Yeah, because all of those things were how you discovered new music, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, if you yeah, wanted new music, yeah, you would do one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, and then the internet came along, and I guess obviously slowly but surely everything changed. And I think COVID this year has just put the nail in the coffin for a lot of those like avenues. Yeah, um, and obviously Spotify coming along, stomping everyone else out the way. Like, remember Last FM when you used to go to Last FM to listen to like, yeah. some stuff. <laughs> but that's the thing. How much did you pay? Oh, yeah. How much did you pay the artist when you listened to him on Last FM? Exactly. Fucking nothing, mate. How much are you paying the artists yeah, on Spotify? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Like Zilch. Spotify are, have come in and they're big, but like let's fucking embrace it. Like you know, um, yeah, they're big because they got the biggest user base. So let's put all our effort into that. Let's let's you know let's do the things they they recommend us doing, like updating your bio and you know new pictures all the time and your fucking featured play all that bullshit. Yeah. Um, because they that's how people are finding you, right? And um, I just think I just think people are too quick to like give them shit to be like, oh, it's new and it's different from what music used to be. Well, yeah, but it's like it's also like a really cool way of loads of people discovering new music. Like the fact that when you finish an album, it pl- then plays a related artist. That's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, like that's insane. I want to know how many people have found us from listening to like a Vukovi album and then suddenly it's, it's switched to Anabe and they've been like, who the fuck is this? You um, should mention as well that like Spotify did something amazing where before this, we all used to illegally download music for free. So the artist wasn't it, getting yeah. paid well, anyway. <laughs> and once you give something away for free, you can't then start charging for it because people get outraged because there's no value in the product anymore. So they came up with a subscription platform, which worked really well. Same thing happens with fucking the news and papers whenever you view it on your phone yeah, now, yeah. you want your subscription because it's yeah yeah it's on the um on the illegal download thing um where our first ep uh someone i know put put us on an illegal downloading site stream site like we yeah. leaked our own stuff and then in it we put a little file that like a text file that linked to our like facebook and stuff and, and our our merch site ah. and that did really well and he also <laughs> i definitely shouldn't say this he, he was leaking like not leaking what's the word uploading like lost profits albums and stuff this was this is a long time ago this is before all the shit this was like 10 years ago um lost profits albums with like the anime ep on the end of it um so people were illegally downloading shit and accidentally <laughs> discovering us and we got so many fucking messages from that being like oh i, I found you in my music library don't know how you get there and we're like ah you illegally downloaded some shit <laughs> you don't know how you found us <laughs> so um yeah you got i sorry you just gave me a weird throwback i forgot about that's that. funny that i like that that's no amazing. but yeah like once you're getting something for free people begrudge paying for it so at least now there's a a system in place where the artist is making something granted it might not be amazing but everyone's no, i don't know about that man they're making now. we're making the fucking decent money off spotify because like the streams are there like well, if the numbers are there you, you make a decent amount of money like um yeah it's 0.03p but it's 0.03p that you weren't making before that's what i'm saying yeah like yeah where was that coming from i don't, I don't fucking know i don't know where um you know the, the well i do know like the, the youtube you know streaming ad revenue stuff that wasn't a lot of money either um yeah 
I haven't seen any money from the vinyl that Matt's got next to him. Like when he bought that through the label, I haven't seen that. Don't know where that came from, oh. but Spotify streams, they <laughs> go to the artist. A lot of them, they also go to the label, but like half of it goes to the artist. Um, so I don't know if you ask me, it's fucking, it's sick. I feel like my purchase was in vain now. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it makes you sad when people, yeah, I know. Oh, you know I really appreciate it. I love you, man, for like doing it. But like a lot of people say that and it's like, that's really cool and everything. And it's cool to see that you've got it, but we didn't see a fucking penny of that. That's why I didn't <laughs> buy your album on vinyl. Man. Don't worry. Just buy, go to our merch store. That's where the money goes straight to our, our, our pockets on the merch store. If you want to support bands, if you want to support bands, go to their merch store. Fuck the label store. Or Bandcamp. Yeah. Or Bandcamp, yeah. That's another thing as well, quickly. I won't go into it because I'm rambling so much, but um, our first EP we released for Pay What You Want on Bandcamp, and I highly recommend new bands doing that because you want to give your music away for free as much as fucking possible, but you also want to give the opportunities for people to give you money because if they want to support you, they will. And they're doing something now when it's uh, like Bandcamp Fridays or something like that where you upload the music. Uh, yeah so what what bank can do is they waiver the fees and they've done that for like a couple of fridays over lockdown um i don't know if they're doing yeah. it anymore they'll probably announce it uh but that is a good thing where 100 percent of the money you're given there's no administration fee it's going straight to the artist yeah and even when there is an administration fee it's nothing like it's, yeah. it's really it's really minuscule the and people people like bank as well because yeah. there are some audio nerds out there that want to get flak files and they, and they Bandcamp's known for supporting FLAC. So, um, yeah, you put your EP on there as FLAC files and people will come get it. Um, but, yeah, just being like, you know, pay what you want has made us fucking loads of money. Like, it's been out, it's been out for, what, 10 years, our first EP, and we're still making money on it. Like, it's never stopped. Um, and I'm talking, like, we've, we've made, well, one of our songs got playlisted on Spotify and, like, without going into numbers and shit. We've made more money on our first ever EP that cost us like 600 quid to record than we did on that 5 million stream song on Spotify just because people are, it's on pay what you want and people want to support bands and I just think every band should fucking do that if you're unsigned everything you put out should be pay what you want because um, yeah people want music and they want to support bands um, and you'd be surprised you know how much you can make from that um, and, it, and it enables you to do loads of other things with it you know if you make it as accessible as possible, it's yeah. as easy to stream as it's ever been, as easy to give and donate money than it's ever been, then it makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It, it, there's a TED talk about it. I forget the name. I should definitely know this, but um, people, the, the industry shifted. and I think most people know what I'm talking about now, but like it used to be, how can we make people pay for music? And now it's, how can we let people pay for music? Um, and we've got some new merch coming out now purely because um, we know people want to buy stuff and we get messages saying like they want to support us and buy merch but they already own everything so like they want new stuff so we have to just we have to just come up with designs and put stuff out there because people want to support us and have run out of things to support us with do you know what I mean yeah Um, so yeah it's it's just about that Um, so yeah I hope my rant about like small venues wasn't taken too well I mean definitely will be taken badly and people will give me shit for it but um, I just think yeah I, I think it's we need we need it there's no live music scene anymore you know what I mean like especially in London I live in London so maybe I'm a bit more pessimistic but like you either go to the fucking arena shows the shows that are like Coco and Roundhouse like the massive shows and you might go see your friends band in a small venue you know what I mean nothing in London is like that show I played yeah. in Corby where it's just like here's the small venue here's the rock night and it's all we've got you know for rock tonight so we're all going to go and, and have a mosh and we don't know any of these bands but that's okay 
Um, and I just think maybe some small venues and some small bands, including Anave, fuck off to, get, to, to make way for other people to do it, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So my mate had, well, mine and Matty's mate had a theory of somewhat similar to that, but yeah. not including the venues, where he thinks that there should just be less bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there should be, there should be because of everything that's happened with, obviously, pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, bands are broken up because they can't afford it. Yeah. Simply. Um, that annoys With me. the lesser amount of people. Then... I find that to be bullshit because making how do i put this we broke up as a band because we're not making money don't fucking start a band then start a business yeah no one no starts a band to make money to make yeah yeah that's bullshit that pisses me off sorry go on <laughs> it's clearly effective that was, that was basically the end of my, oh, okay. my yeah no i don't know yeah <laughs> I, get you. I know what you mean about less bands i don't know if there should be less bands i think it should be less bands that expect something like just because yeah. you're in a band and you're a bit good doesn't mean you deserve a gig in front of 200 people that don't know you. You have to get there. Do you know what I mean? Write a good fucking song. That's what you need to do. Now, I hate the music industry more than most people do. But the one thing that's still going for it and probably always will is that it does revolve around good songs. You need to write a good song. If you write a fucking hit, it's undeniable. You, no, one, yeah. no one can get in your way. Um, and there's so, much, there's so many doors open when... You're, you've got a good song that's doing well. Do you know what I mean? And that's the one thing that the industry can't take away from you. Um, but yeah, like I agree. I think less bands would be good, or at least less bands they expect to play shows. You know, go online, man. Fucking hell! Like you used to have to like you used to have to fucking tour. You know, <laughs> shitty venues in the north of England, like back in the sixties, and and pray Thanks, that like. Mate. <laughs> After all the, like, you know nothing wrong with that but like you know you have to do that and like that's how you made fans and you would sell tapes out the back of your band and stuff wholesome times fucking wish i was in that time that sounds great um but the, you've got the internet now why yeah, why obsess for weeks over a gig you're going to play to if you're lucky 100 people you know in london yeah or anywhere when you could spend that time making a fucking sick song or a video or an acoustic cover we did loads of covers when we started and that was fucking great back back in the time when youtube was a thing and like people just wanted to see youtube covers but like you've got you've got billions of people at your fingertips in your fucking computer like send your music there forget the fucking stages like the stages will come later you can, you know, if you, you get, you get 500,000 followers on, on your YouTube or whatever, I'm fucking, I sound like an old guy again, 500,000 <laughs> subscribers on your YouTube channel. Um, then the fucking tickets will come. You know what I mean? Then it won't matter who you're fucking playing with. Then you can go play a venue and you'll sell 200 tickets yourself. Um, that think about it that way around is what I think. Cause yeah, that, that's, that's, that's an easier way. And also in the process of you building that you're making fucking money because people are listening to your shit. Like people, are, you're getting streaming money. Like money's coming in while you're doing it. So like, not that we do this for money, but like the money helps support do more stuff. Like that's yeah. one thing we always did. We haven't taken a penny out of the band. It just funded the next thing that we did, you know? And, and that makes, it gives you so much more creative freedom because you're not like, oh shit, well that went out and now we have to fork up another three grand to write another EP. Do you know what I mean? Can we talk about your tracks getting synced? Synced. Oh, you so, mean like the Netflix stuff? Yeah, and yeah. football. Football, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Two interesting things there, actually, because I don't want to be bad-mouthing labels again, but like... But you're good at it. <laughs> true, <laughs> yeah. I've been told not to burn so many bridges. Becca's trying to make me be a better person. Gasoline everywhere. 
um well so yeah let's let me talk on the positive side of things then so um netflix we, we got on a netflix show and that was really cool um there's a show called elite um and they approached us and asked to to use the track and i was like that was weird came out of nowhere i'm not sure how that happened um and then when i watched the episode uh there was like churches also in the episode and us and like another female fronted band. And I was like, Oh, this sounds like someone was, was allowed to come up with the music for this episode. And they're a fan of female fronted bands, which might be why they know us. So that was fucking awesome. and really cool. And it was really cool seeing our like music on a Netflix show. That was nice hearing the like, boom, boom. And then we're the opening <laughs> track as well. So we come in straight after that. Yeah. The way it like pans down as well. It yeah. It was cool, so man. Nice. That was sick. Um, so yeah, but that was weird. Cause like I, because I don't know how, I don't really know how we got it. I assume the person that booked it like is a fan. Because yeah, like like churches are in it as well. Um, the football thing was Becca knows someone who's in charge of putting the football music in. Uh, yeah, what else? Like, I get I've had a lot of bands message me asking me how I did it, and it's like you just fucking know people. You just get lucky, yeah. and you know people. Like, it's that's really sad. What was that then with football? What, wasn't it? Uh, what? BT Sports. Yeah, it's BT Sports highlight of the Champions League. Used us. So we've been on a few other football things as well, like some German, some German league, Bundesliga. I don't know much about football, but I know that word. Um, Probably not made it to the FIFA track yet. Mate, that's the fucking. Mate. That's where the bank is, man. We've applied a few times. We got yeah. close a few times a few years ago, but yeah, that's that's the that's where you want to be. Those are the gatekeepers, EA. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's sports. So yeah, I mean that's that's all I've got for sync, really. Um, yeah. It's Should good. I? Do it. <laughs> it gets you money. You make a contacts. lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Know people. Well, I think it's just, you can't control your contacts because every, everybody wants to fucking know the guy who's in charge of putting, you know, the music on an advert or whatever. Um, there's no good worrying about that. You just need to keep writing good songs and make sure that the production value is high. That's the main thing is like, I've heard, I've heard a lot of bands that, that write semi-decent songs um, I say like good songs, and it's and they're let down by the production because they you know they skip they they want to save on it they want to spend too much money. Um, whereas there are people that I know and I'm fucking working with, let's face it, um, that have mediocre songs, but the production is fucking sick, like so good, like so good production, and their shit gets synced because they need it to sound good. Like yeah, for an advert, they don't care how your like verse chorus structure goes; they just want it to sound good in the ten seconds that they use. So. Like, don't skimp on the on the production, you know? Go to someone like Pete Miles. Go to someone like fucking Phil Gornell um, and all that. Make it sound good. Because, um, yeah, that's the, that's what's going to sell it. That's another thing uh, we've not mentioned as well. Uh, networking. Like, actually going to... Because we've been to a couple of networking events, haven't we, Lord, ourselves to do, like, band stuff. <laughs> and just getting to know the other people within the industry. Because you get people from, like radio there people obviously do PR other bands go there and before you know it you've made friends with that band and then whilst they're announcing the tour they're messaging you asking if you want to support on this gig that they played in like Manchester you know like a local yeah, yeah. gig or things like that no, and if it's Jamie has his way no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm fist. You shall not play. Well, I mean, hey, if the band can sell out, if the band can sell the venue out, they can pick over the fuck they want to open, right? If I could, G- if I could sell out, Camden and Sam and Co. <laughs> Jamie's Thanos is just looking at all these little small bands going like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if the if the band can sell the venue out, it doesn't matter who opens for them, right? 
we got um when we played our um our like album launch show last year we were it was the first time we were in charge of everything so we could like pick the supports and stuff and ticket sales weren't really important because it was just like it was our album launch and like whatever we didn't care about selling it out it's just like let's have a party and uh i convinced my housemate to do a dj set uh just as a as an opener he'd never dj in his life just <laughs> did it in his bedroom and i was like yeah man what? go for it that'd be a laugh and he fucking killed it it was sick um nice. so yeah it's, i think that's okay i haven't got a problem with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should talk about the fact that you did your launch show at a church and it was sick yeah man that's, that's not the, that's not the last thing we're doing in that church as well Ooh. yeah we're gonna be going back to that church this week in a few weeks yeah um, yeah, it was cool, man. We got like an orchestra and a choir in it and shit. Like, it was cool. Um, yeah, it was really weird. Uh, it, it was weird that our, like uh, the dressing room was the uh, like the priest's quarters. So it was like where he kept his robes and shit was where we like, kept our shit. <laughs> That's crazy. But no, it was cool, man. It was really good. I, I had a lot of friends there that night. A lot of people helped us out, like a lot of the crew. Like the, the lighting was, we brought in all the lighting. We brought in like a fucking generator around the back. Um, and lit, lit the whole thing ourselves. That was all done by Becca's dad, who's a lighting designer. Um, my mate Tenny was a uh, guitar tech for us. Um, yeah, like Alex, uh, Alex J, the best fucking music photographer in the country, um, shot a bunch of it. Um, we had all our mates there surrounding us. It was really nice. It was like, it was proper, like, finally a bit of a celebration for an album that we'd, like, you know, been fucked over for quite a long while making. Um, yeah, it was nice. And it being in a church was pretty fucking sweet. Um, yeah, it's good. That's another thing as well, adding that aesthetic to your band because that's quite a big thing nowadays. You know, like the image of a band is is quite a big. Unfortunately, thing yeah, sells. Yeah, which is crazy when you think about it. But um, I mean, we've had that epiphany as well with Oxbuds, where we, we were like, we should kind of build some sort of like image around this and maybe some sort of look. You know what I mean to to sell ourselves with, which is crazy because you, when, at the end of the day you want to just play music, don't you? But it's got to that point yeah. where people are after that sort of aesthetic, and they're going to these shows and they want to show it off when they're filming it. And like like I said, you got you had that look at the church, man. That was sick. Thanks, like, man. If you can promote something like that, people are going to go watch it because the look of it, yeah, sells as well as you. Unfortunately, music. yeah. Unfortunately, that is a big part of of this shit now um i wish it wasn't i wish it was just a case of just listen to the fucking music um but yeah you're right like you know the image sells and some people are really fucking good at doing an image and branding and all that stuff and some people aren't i know we've we've struggled there's only so many times i can pose in a picture next to becca you know we've been doing it 10 years now like (laughs) we'll they'll they'll start to look the same uh still yeah (laughs) Um, yeah annoyingly branding is a part of it I think like it should just feel natural though the people that I work with like the people that I co-write with and and do sessions and stuff with the the ones that have got the image down it seems really effortless for them Um, and I think it just seems like them they're letting themselves come through because you can spot a fake image a fucking mile off right you can spot when someone's trying to look cooler than they are just be yourself um, and that's cool I think yeah, I don't know. We, I don't know. I don't, we never did it. I, I never managed to look cool or, or have a brand or anything like that. So I don't know. But what's good is like you got to go back to just having fun with music and fucking enjoy it after like the shit you went through with the label. And if anyone wants to listen to the shit through you went <laughs> went through, go listen to the other podcast with Jamie. Yeah, I know. All I do is come in here and fucking complain. I know. I'm trying to turn it positive here. And yeah, like, man. Let's fucking destroy all venues. <laughs> <laughs> good, pay artists less you know 
Yeah, I yeah, I do sound a bit fucking all high and mighty. I'm very aware, and like I'm just very jaded. I, I am the I am the extreme end of the spectrum of the industry. Like I'm fucking jaded. I hate everyone. Um, <laughs> we've had the worst luck as a band, and uh, I've been an horrible person to a lot of people in the industry. So a lot of people don't like me. Um, so okay. don't listen to anything I'm saying, basically. Um, yeah, that's it. I didn't have a point to that. That was just was. <laughs> just wanted to get out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we? Uh, <laughs> do we even bother? trying to get you to talk about horror yeah man let's talk about horror so i fucking hate horror like hate it hate horror films with a passion right. i understand why any of you why the fuck do you want to watch films that scare you why do you want to be scared so you haven't got a scary movie the favorite scary i movie, have you probably got yeah that um yeah. i'd probably say uh um hereditary Oh, cool! Yeah, that's popped up quite. Yeah, a few so times I recently, fuck, along with Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that because of the. Well, you'll see why I haven't gone and watched Midsummer. Um, yeah, I, I've I heard that um, it was brilliant, and I watched it with like I had like a film nerd friend who like he was all into like Tarantino and shit, and he knew he knew his stuff, and he was saying that Hereditary is brilliant, and I think it just won a bunch of awards or whatever. I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to watch a horror film, let's make it a fucking good one. So I'll watch this. And I watched it. And I, so I, you hate this, right? Here's my big reveal for this podcast. Um, I watch, when I watch scary films or tense films, I go on this website called Where's the Jump, which uh, tells you time codes. Oh, fucking hell. So I watch films like that. So I know when all the jump scares are so I can avoid them. Because um, fuck jump scares, man. Come on, you're horror fans. You should know that jump scares are shit and cheap. Oh, right? yeah. They're absolutely shit. Yeah. I don't mind tense. Like, Get Out. I love Get Out. That's not very jumpy. There's a couple bits, but like, it's mostly tense. It makes you feel awful. The Shining is the perfect example of that. Like, It's fucking tense and terrifying, but in a really good way. Um, yeah, so I've like watched those. Psychological shit. Yeah, it fucks with you. Yeah. yeah, that's the shit I prefer. I'm cool with that. That's cool because I think there's an element of art to that. And, you, you know, it's a hard it's a hard kind of story to tell and a feeling to give people. But um, jump scares are fucking easy. I could do that. I find jump scares to be quite more prominent when you watch, when it's like a supernatural horror. So like insidious conjuring, those sort of activity. things, for example, because yeah, paranormal yeah. activity. Cause it's like even the new Halloween, like that didn't really have many jump scares in it. And I think like when you're going to probably create a film, thinking about how many jump scares you can put into it, you're taking away from the story a little bit. And yeah, I think ma'am. that's where it's kind of got a bit disappointing recently. Films like that. I always call it cheap horror because th- there's no actual yeah. nothing can be scary but if you blast a loud noise after I've heard like the quietest piano piece of course I'm going to fucking yeah. jump no yeah talent. it's not hard there's nothing smart yeah. about it yeah there's nothing there's no smart there's no yeah. talent involved in doing that anyone can fucking do that yeah yeah so yeah but so I watched Hereditary while looking up the jump scares and loved it. Like I thought it was really good. Watched the whole thing and was like, that was really creepy and like, cool. I wasn't too scared. That's all good. Went home in the dark, got like a night bus, South London, pretty scary. And I was okay. I was like, nice, it's good. And then didn't sleep for two weeks. Damn. Like it fucked me up. Whoa. It crept up on me later. Um, but yeah, even though, so that's a sign of a good, yeah, that's why I thought, thought, yeah, it's obviously like, I wasn't like scared in the moment, but it got me thinking and like, I had to sleep with a light on and yeah, it was fucked. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite horror film, Hereditary. Well, maybe Shining. Now I've mentioned the Shining. I kind of want to say that because I watched that all the way through and was like, just, I knew it was good. Like the whole way through, even though I was terrified, I knew it was just good. 
So I know you've been, uh, that's my favorite horror film, by the way, but I know you've been on a conspiracy rabbit hole. (laughs) Do you know the conspiracies around The Shining? No. May, I'm not even going to tell you to them. I'm just going to link you later. All right, cool. There's stuff all about like uh, Stanley Kubrick filming the the fake moon landing. He was the director of it. And there's like references within this film. Yeah. I um I asked his grandson about that. So his his grandson's in like or was in a metal band called Shields, and he works on a track, an anime track what? with us. And um, one of the what? first things I asked him, one of the first things I asked <laughs> him was, "Just mention this." <laughs> oh, I thought you knew. Yeah, Jamie, lead with this. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you'd care this much. Um, yeah, he. I asked him about that, and he said it wasn't true. Uh, and then I asked him, I was like, I've never seen any of your granddad's films. What should I start with? And he said, 2001 Space Odyssey, which was the wrong answer. You don't start with that. You should start with, because I watched that and was like, this is fucking shit. And then finally watched The Shining and was like, this is where I should have started. Yeah. Or Clockwork Orange. Or Clockwork Orange, yeah, which is great, yeah. Yeah. So sorry. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Conspiracies. Shit. I did hear the weirdest conspiracy theory. Have you heard the one that birds don't exist? <laughs> you told me about this the other day. <laughs> so, right. Apparently... In 2012, there was like the lowest population of birds um, rec- ever recorded. So the theory is that they were all killed and the government have now put out drones to look like birds. And, <laughs> and that's why they sit on telephone lines to charge up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the funny Fuck off. Ever- Fuck off. <laughs> That is brilliant. Fuck. But the bet there's some people that live by yeah, that. So like every time they see a pigeon, they're like, shit. They can see me. me. Yeah. And that's why they shit on you. It's like a tracker. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, so- USB. Oh. Just shit USBs. <laughs> right, Hello. Jamie. So you was on about what conspiracies you've been watching recently. Obviously, we're not going to dive fully into it, but yeah. We'll, uh- yeah, we'll keep it, we'll keep it uh, light. Yeah. Um, well, I was watching a bit of the Joe Rogan podcast, which uh, is always good for that, <laughs> that kind of shit. Um, and uh, I watched, uh, fuck, I should definitely know their names. A guy called George, and I think they're going to have a guy called Josh. I don't know. Um, talking about um, like UFOs and stuff like that. And one of them is like a filmmaker, and one of them is uh, like a journalist from the 80s who um, reported on the um, S4 and Area 51 things of uh, Bob Lazar. His, his like, yeah. And uh, they spent like an hour and a half talking about it, and it was quite interesting. I was like, "Yeah, cool." I, I, I believe I th- quickly. I don't really believe in UFOs, or like, I don't believe that we've got access to UFOs or anything like that. I obviously believe in aliens because I think it's a bit fucking childish to say that there aren't any aliens out there somewhere. But I don't necessarily believe that they have visited here. Um, and then I watched this, uh, and then uh, yeah, they go they go on about how like legit Bob Lazar is and how nice he is and how he doesn't you know profit from saying this shit at all and you know talking about what he's seen at Area Fifty One. I was like, oh cool, this Bob Lazar guy sounds interesting. And after watching an hour and a half of that, I realized that Bob Lazar had been on Joe Rogan's podcast, so I immediately watched that afterwards as well. And fucking hell, man, I like to think I'm a pretty good judge of character, and I believe every fucking word he says. Like everything he says, the way he described it, like what he saw, like how the engines work, like what he worked on, I was like, yeah. I fucking believe everything you're saying. Did so you see the stuff on um, Skimwalker Ranch that it was? Yeah, talking yeah, yeah. That was the guy who made the well. film with that. Is the guy who's on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. You find out his name because I'm doing him. I'm doing him an injustice by not saying his name. 
Um, That's the one I was watching though, and uh, I actually watched some footage online because they did a live stream at Skinwalker Ranch recently over over lockdown, right. and uh, you, you know, so you could kind of see if anything appeared in the night sky and that. Oh, and yeah. You could see little bits that people have pointed out, but. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Corbell, by the way, Jeremy yeah. Corbell is his name. Yeah, so, well, so you could actually like watch it, like watch the ranch. Yeah, so they put it on a like I think it was for like twelve hours, and uh, if you you can you can YouTube it and that. I mean, obviously you're not going to watch the full twelve hours. So I went in the comments and just I, these people must have sat that like time for the full twelve hours, and they've time stamped bits yeah. where things are happening, and it it does look pretty like. I don't know, like you, you never know how, how it could happen, but it's like the way that the lights are playing on the back of the mountains and stuff like that. But yeah, you it's never mad, know. man. Yeah, I think I think so much of UFO conspiracy stuff is bullshit and just made up, but something true. There's something true in there, I think. Um, so, and there's something the government aren't telling us, even if it's they've got no fucking idea what it is. They're not telling us that. You know what I mean? Like they're keeping something secret. Um, yeah, that's all. This thing's it's interesting. A good, um, documentary called unacknowledged that you should watch jamie if you're into that unacknowledged all right unacknowledged it's, it's, it's on the it's uh it's, it's interesting it's well you say yeah it's a conspiracy documentary but it's interesting to say the least anyway. what's it about ufos yeah that, that yeah. one's all it about has UFOs. been debunked just to yeah. let you know <laughs> yeah. but, but it's it good a, to it watch it's a funny watch and like yeah. convincing all right, yeah. Even though it's been debunked, worth a watch. Yeah, I, yeah I, I do, if anyone's interested in this, I'd recommend the Bob Lazar Joe Rogan interview because he's really yeah. like the dude's really like um, I've I, I, I've I've met a lot of bullshitters in my life, and you can kind of tell he's not bullshitting. Like he's just saying shit from memory. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you really believe him. And the, the technology he's talking about, you can you can see how it's not too fucking you know unobtainable. It's obviously stuff that is literally unobtainable. We don't know how to do it, but like. I think it sounds. I think it sounds legit. It sounds. It sounds as much of a leap, you know, from where we are now to this like gravity generating machine is, you know, the leap that we were at before the internet, you know. And if you'd have said back in the eighteen hundreds, like, yeah, everyone's going to be connected at all times. There's going to be a global pandemic where no one can hang out, but four twats yeah, from Manchester and London are still going to have to meet up and <laughs> hang out, you know, <laughs> over a screen. They'd be like, "You're a fucking wizard, gal." Um, <laughs> Burn so, uh, the other, the other one as well is uh, in that same morning where I was watching UFO conspiracies. I have completely convinced myself that Egyptians were uh, telekinetic, and that's how they built the pyramids. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> there was some guy. There was some guy talking about how like to build the pyramids was like fucking impossible unless you had like a ramp that was big enough to move the bricks up it. But I've the seen ramp, this as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The ramp would have to be like as long as the pyramid was tall, and mm. it'd be basically impossible or like very impractical. They wouldn't bother doing it. Um, all this stuff and he was saying like what if um, you know um, some knowledge has been lost through like ancient civilizations and maybe you know they had this like advanced brains and they tapped into part of their brains that we can't and they could move things with their mind and that's how they built the pyramids and I was like I'm fucking in that sounds cool <laughs> yeah. that's some X-Men shit I was just gonna say that's some X-Men stuff if I yeah, ever heard it X-Men love, love, <laughs> uh, love uh, like uh, Egyptians and shit yeah Apocalypse yeah. is like the first mutant and he was Egyptian yeah yeah, because they're saying about that bridge, obviously, if that existed, like, and they did do that, we would have found evidence of that. You'd find yeah. the fucking bridge. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a massive <laughs> bridge somewhere. Big, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A big fuck off ramp. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, it might have been aliens. That was another thing as well, the Bob Lazar thing, which fucking blew my mind. Because bear in mind, when I was watching this, I was fully in believe mode. I was like, I believe everything he said. Everything has come out of his mouth. I is fact. Yeah, I was like, I'm in. I was just like, ah. Um, he, they were like, he was like, yeah, I overheard that. Um, when they asked, like, you know, where where the ships came from, he said uh, at least one of them was found in an archaeological dig. 
And I was like, fucking of course. It makes so much sense. They've been here before. They built the fucking pyramids and they fucked off. That's definitely what happened. But then Joe Rogan goes <laughs> in this whole thing. We won't go into this too much because I'm fucking this podcast. No. Oh. Clearly the government doesn't want us talking yeah. about aliens. Jamie is exposing <laughs> something here. Man. Just going to close off my webcam. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. Zuckerberg does it then maybe we should yeah <laughs> there we go third time hitting record tonight yep new record as we crack on again about conspiracies with Jamie we seem to be getting uh, shut down while Jamie's Wi-Fi goes anywhere so. that's all the proof we need yeah. that's all the fucking proof we need the second I start talking about it it gets cut off there you go <laughs> I believe it's real yeah I believe I'm probably on some list. Every every song we've anybody ever written has been about fucking aliens. I'm probably on some sort of weird watch list. Let's make sure this guy doesn't find out any facts. And now I'm watching Joe Rogan. I'm woke as fuck, mate. Yeah, at least the inversion. Just be dropping DMT and like. Yeah, right. You just you need to understand the effects it has on your body, man. Crazy, your body. That, that's what we're missing, an Anave Tom Dillon. We have a cry or a Right, so we've all rambled on for long enough. We were going to yes. ask you pet peeves, but we feel like <laughs> we shouldn't give you another opportunity to <laughs> <rant> about someone. <laughs> yeah, you've heard my pet peeves. What the fuck I talk about yeah. here? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the whole episode's actually been a pet peeve. Um, yeah. yeah, the music industry, that's my pet peeve. Yeah. Um, the other thing I didn't mention is you are the first guest to return. So oh, thanks, look at that. Mate. Look at that. Such a warm reception for the thrilled. first episode. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm Fuck sure the, all the seven people that clicked on my name in the first Way episode are going to return for this one. Yeah. Way more. So pessimistic. <laughs> Damn. So pessimistic. <laughs> but, no, um, it's been good. Thanks for having me on. I fucking love talking to you guys, as you know. I'll do this if you weren't recording it, so... Well, we're going. Let's do that. Let's yeah. hang out. We yeah. need some. We all need to make a bit more effort to connect to people these days, right? Let's let's fucking hang yeah. out. Um, yeah, uh, I'm like a billion no mates in the middle of lockdown. So yeah, let's let's have an Among Us sesh, or um, yes. let's fucking let's fucking watch a horror film together, and you can watch me avoid all the jump scares. You can do uh, that using on that Discord, website, can't you? Yeah, 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 gonna, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to do this. Or Netflix Watch Party. You can watch films on on that. It's like a Chrome extension. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, you know, our own An Earful Podcast Discord where you could watch it with us. So yep. just a yes. little plug there. All Speaking right, I'll of join. plugs, Jamie, you've got yeah. a, a blood plug. Oh, oh, you've got yeah. a blood plug, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that's the merch you need. <laughs> Fucking, let's talk. butt plugs. Oh. No, you fucking <laughs> podcast. Dual set. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got, um, we've got condoms. <laughs> I've got oh, condoms with my name on. So if that isn't the yeah. ultimate form of narcissism, I don't know what it is. That is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fight in my bedroom, isn't it? Like one second, let me get a condom. Let me get a condom with my own fucking name on it. Yeah, that'll go down well. <laughs> as long as it isn't your face on the rubber, then you like just yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> it's not like Ramstein when they got those dildos shaped, molded off each one of the dicks, and then released it as a box set. I wanted to do that for the podcast. You know those like mold your own dildos. I wanted to do that, and my girlfriend was very not impressed. <laughs> like really, she was really upset. I'm like, not upset. She got pissed off at me for even suggesting the idea. <laughs> I was like, I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Plugs, butt plugs. Uh, yeah, but we got a single out on the 27th. Anave. It's called Hell. 
Uh, it's spooky. You should go listen to it and pretend that it's Halloween. Um, I've got a podcast called Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie. And it's us on Instagram as well. And uh, the, these guys have got a podcast called An Earful Podcast, which is oh, really good. Beautiful, man. And you should listen to it. I listen to at least one in every three <laughs> episodes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't pay Jamie to do that either. We'll, uh, we are supported by nice. Jamie Finch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie <laughs> right on that note thank you very much mate thanks guys as always what an episode I enjoyed that episode that was fulfilling it was like a full bodied solid i'm gonna stop talking that was episode 41 of an airful podcast uh with jamie finch of anime and let's talk about sex jamie yeah so make sure on friday or if you listen to this weeks in advance it's already out but friday the 27th of november anime have got a new single out i wasn't gonna say the name of it but as you fucking heard jamie fucking blabbermouthed throughout the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) the single hell is out Go watch the video, go stream it. It's going to be everywhere. It'll be linked down below as well. Um, and go listen to Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie. Yep, definitely. So don't forget to go check out Anave's socials on Facebook and Instagram. Jamie over on Instagram and also his podcast as well. You'll find that on all podcasting platforms um, and also over at his Instagram. And as well, don't forget us while you're at it. If you're on the NFL podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, where, as, as Matt said in the introduction, you can go see our beautiful faces if you want to see the video parts, if you're not already watching. Um, and more recently, we've uh, acquired a Discord and a WhatsApp group. Uh, within the WhatsApp group, we'll sometimes be getting the guests in there, but within this chat, you can ask us questions that you'd maybe want to, us to bring up with the guests. And uh, yeah, just all sorts. So if you want to get into those, just go on our socials and find a link to it. And yeah, join in. Let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye, bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>